1: and I've been, you know, practicing at Ancient Dragon since about 2010, I think, 2008. So, um, yeah, just for those of you who don't know me. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm going to give a talk about um, today, a poem I found. Um, right around the beginning of the pandemic, I checked a book out of the library, and then I wasn't able to return it and um, <laughs> for many months. And it actually turned out to be a really good thing. Um I'd always wanted, I've always heard lines of poems by Rumi before, you know, like people will quote Rumi. And I'd actually never read a full poem by Rumi before. And so I thought, oh, I should probably, I'm going to check this out. So I checked out The Essential Rumi. And it's really fascinating, his poetry. It's very, comes off very modern and very fresh, um, partly probably because of the translator Coleman Barks does a really good job with that. Um, And one poem in particular, um, really spoke to me and it still continues to speak to me um and really just it has really helped me um over these past several months and also going into a winter where i think um there's going to be more pro- probably more sheltering in place more more closings of things for a while so um and i thought i'd just share it with you to um just to share my practice and again i'm not some kind of expert or anything um i'm just talking from my own personal practice. So um, yeah, before I read the poem, I mean, obviously we all know that there are very powerful forces that are in the world going on around us. There's the pandemic. There's the election that just finished. Um, there's po- these powerful forces around us also give rise to these powerful, for- powerful forces within us. Um, you know, what do I do about all the anxiety anxiety i feel anger loneliness um how do i help other people that i see around me who are also feeling these same things um a friend of mine said that um this is what we're living through is kind of like um in cooking like a reduction everything is the same but it's just more concentrated and more intense um and i thought wow that that describes it well um So um, I'll just read the, it's a short poem, I'll read it. Um, Wade, are you able to share the screen? Um, It's called The Guest House. Um, Some of you may have already be familiar with it. Um. So um, again, it's by Rumi. Um, So this being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep through your house, empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight the dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. So I'm just gonna, you can stop sharing if you want, uh, Wade. So I'm just gonna kind of go through this poem and how it's been working on me really (laughs) um, over the past couple of months. So I really, first of all, I really connected with this morning arrival um, aspect. I'm not really a morning person, even though I have to wake up early for my job. And ever since I was a kid, like I've felt these very strong emotions and strong feelings in the morning. It's like depression, you know, comes very strongly. Or sometimes it's just like a dullness. Like I'm just like really fuzzy and foggy. Um, Things just don't feel right. Um, And then I'm a bike rider. And so I ride to work. um, And then for some reason, riding to work, like all anger just comes up in me a lot. Like, it's just like, things are, you know, like, I'm thinking like, oh, things are not going to go my way today. Things, you know, like, I wish this had happened yesterday. And like, you know, thinking about all these um, things that could have gone differently. And, you know, or so I'm a teacher, and I work in a in a school that is hybrid, and so the kids come to school with masks. Um, half of the kids come in the morning, and then there's a break for cleaning, and half the kids come in the afternoon so and This happened in september so even though it seems pretty normal to me now, like I see kids in the hall, you know I work in some classrooms it still freaks me out. (laughs) Like, what are we doing? Um, and so like, there's a lot of fear, like, am I, am I going to be safe today? Are are the people I work with going to be safe? Are these kids going to be safe? So all this is coming up. And then the other one that comes up for me is revenge fantasies. Um, not necessarily, I'm not thinking of poisoning anyone or anything, but just like that little, like, Oh, they said that to me. Oh, I'm going to next time. Oh, I'm going to get them back with this one, you know, or I can't wait till they try to say, do that. Cause I'm going to like really give it to them. You know, all this, I, all this stuff comes up. Um, and I don't know if anyone knows Seinfeld, but obviously these revenge projects don't work out with the shrimp and George and all that. But anyway, if you don't know Seinfeld, then never mind. Um And then through it all towards the end of these rides in the morning, it's like, I'm like, what kind of person am I? Like, look, wow, this is horrible. <laughs> I'm a horrible person. All these things coming through me like that. So I I don't know. I just really, I really connected with this, like every morning a new arrival, you know? It's like, this comes through every morning for me. Um, maybe not every morning, but. Um, and then I I also like to play with this first line a little bit, this being human. I I sometimes also think of it, over the especially over these past few months of like this human body is a guest house and i because i really f- feel it viscerally in my body these visitors coming to visit me i don't know where you feel these visitors but for me i get this burning circle in my chest that seems to just kind of like rotate around and or like my throat kind of like feels constricted um and you know Sometimes these, sometimes it's a joy, sometimes it's depression, a meanness, but really these, these often come as unexpected visitors in my body. And it seems like this is a big problem. (laughs) There's something wrong with me, right? Um, And some of these visitors are actually, they're not unexpected, they're expected. And some of them have been living in my guest house for a long time, (laughs) Um, you know, like avoiding things trying to be perfect perfectionism judging myself or trying to numb all of these from even arising. So like, these are really pretty expected. They're kind of like standing behind me. They're, they're guests that haven't gone have checked in for a while. um, And they're whispering in my ears. Um, But then there's also the unexpected ones um, where there's, at just the other day at work, sometimes it's real people that come in. And I had had to talk to a person about setting up a, a, a live stream for some kids who are quarantining in the class. And I could, I just stood there and listened to my colleague and I could just feel this really cold, hot anxiety, this flame of anxiety. It's like, it was like a blue flame, like like on the gas stove, like she was so worried and she was so anxious and it was just, you know, just like she just came to to pick up this stuff, but I ended up just standing there listening to her, not being very helpful, I don't think, but just like listening to her and like, this happens frequently now, you know, like people will just like come and appear like this. And obviously like very, they're having their own visitors come to them too. Um, And I've also noticed I think I, I had never noticed this before, but uh, sometimes I'll just be out of the blue. Um, I'll just feel like I did something wrong. Like I feel shame for something. And I I think that it's like when you like, maybe we're at a party or something and you said something and you're like, oh man, I shouldn't have said that. That was really hurtful. But I go back and I think, and it's like, I didn't say nothing. I did nothing. This is this shame just, just came through me. This like, so I, I'm just really interested in these like visitors. Um, and what do we, what do we do about these visitors that come? Sometimes they're real people. Sometimes they're just unexpected. Sometimes there's these, these house guests that haven't left. And I don't know, maybe they won't leave. Maybe they can st- stick around for a while. Um, So what do we do with them? Um, Well, Rumi has some suggestions. Um, He says in the next stanza, um, welcome and entertain them all. Even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. Um, Welcome them, huh? Entertain them. That seems like trouble. (laughs) Like There could be trouble involved here. and really, like, I relate to this whole crowd of sorrows coming. Um, like I was saying, like, there's like, we all know, like, one after one, we never know what's gonna happen outside in the world the next day. It's always constantly changing. It never seems like it's that great. <laughs> um, and then also, like, what's it like to be swept out when your house is just swept out and emptied of its furniture? Um, about a month ago, I was reading uh, the first chapter in Teigen's book, Zen Questions, and um, I, I thought he had some good things to say about this. <clears throat> and he's, he's talking about questions, but I think this is very similar to this welcoming them, um, this stance of welcoming them. He wrote, uh, we have questions that arise in our own hearts, in our own body and mind, occurring via family, relationships, and the people around us. Definitely some of the visitors that come to visit me, for sure. Um, Dogen calls the questions that arise from our own struggle to find our center, from our own problems with being this person, Genjo Koan, the Koan as it manifests in our life. What is this appearing in front of me? Being present, upright, and gently aware in a settled posture, we can look at what is this that thus comes? How is it that this, just this, is here in front of me? What is it? How do I engage it? And I think one way that Tigan suggests here, I think he can you know, see if I'm right about this or not wrong, or not right or wrong about this later, but um, I think one way to welcome them is to be present, upright, and gently wear in a subtle posture. And what I like about that is it's like it's moving from here in my head down into my body, settling. The word settling, I really like that now because it feels like it's just like, and I feel it more because I think I'm so much more in my head, especially after last week when there was like this roller coaster that felt like it was a month. (laughs) Um, I was so much up here, but then just remembering to settle and like feeling like those, like all the leaves that are falling now, just kind of like falling down onto the ground softly or just like like the image of the rock settling down into the puddle or the, the, the deep well. Maybe it's a puddle for me. I don't know. Um, but just like this coming back to our bodies. Um, and, and this is really where we can experience these visitors directly. Um, I think once we get into our, for me, once I get into my head, you know, I, it's already, like, twice removed. So coming back to my body really helps to see, like, where that circle of fire feels for me or that constriction in my throat and just dropping that storyline and being settled. And then this question, What? what is it? What is this? That's kind of a welcome to me as well. It's like, oh, what is this? Who are you? Welcome. Um, this... Pain in my heart or this kind of like nauseous feeling I have right now. Or what is this? Sometimes it's, what is this? Ugh, you know, <laughs> but it can also be, what is this? And just have that kind of like openness about it. Yeah. And how do we treat each guest honorably? I certainly do not do that. I treat these guests as something. If I welcome them, that's great. But it's time for you to go now. It's time to go, you know. Like, or I, I don't really want them to come, you know. <laughs> um, they come. Well, they you know they show up unexpectedly, and they seem kind of mean sometimes. But really, how do I treat these guests that come honor, um, honorably? Uh, Zenju Earthen Manuel has a, um, an article. Um, about delusions and enlightenment. And uh, here's a quote from that. What if our deluded minds aren't a barrier to enlightenment at all? What if they're the very path to it? In Dogen's vision, the relationship between delusion and enlightenment within our lives is necessary. Whether we're angry, even enraged aggrieved or content we're right where we should be no part of our humanity needs to be tossed away we need all that we were born with to navigate life and that includes delusions i think what when rumi says treat each guest honorably i think this is what she's talking about here she's saying especially this part no part of our humanity needs to be tossed away and I think part of my, my humanity anyway is these powerful emotions that are, are powerful feelings or experiences that I want to get rid of, but I, I, I don't want to toss them. I, she's saying we don't need to toss these away. This is a part of who we are. Um, it, it reminded me, too, of Suzuki Roshi's um, chapter in Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind about mind weeds. Um, he says, um, we say pulling the weeds gives nerve Pulling out the weeds, we give nourishment to the plant. We pull the weeds and bury them near the plant to give it nourishment. So even though you have some difficulty in your practice, even though you have some waves while you're sitting, these waves themselves will help you. So you should not be bothered by your mind. You should rather be grateful for the weeds because eventually they'll enrich your practice. So again, it's like this idea of these things that we think are weeds actually are fertilizer for. And I know people have made the, the comparison of our practice with like composting or that kind of thing, but, you know, like letting it sit and decay and rot. And then actually it brings life. But I think that's also a way to welcome them. This is not something we're, we're not tossing the weeds out to be, you know, like in the recycling bin We're we're using them and uh, to nourish ourselves, to nourish our, our practice. Um, so I recently had an experience of this where I tried this out, tried out some of this advice um, uh, from Taigen and Zenju and uh, Suzuki Roshi. Um, Right when we started, went to this hybrid model, um, you know, the days, a couple of days leading up to it, I was like waking up and like just really feeling anxious and fearful. Um, And, and then I would, I went to school and it, it was okay. You know, like it actually want be seeing kids is actually a joy for me, you know, that really helped. But just like, you know, everyone's wearing masks. We're like constantly, you know, washing our you know, like using hand sanitizer, keeping our distance and, and just like really feeling not just for me, but from everyone around, like this sense of like fear and anxiety and uncertainty, all trying to put on a good face for the kids, you know, <laughs> I'm like, um, And this this circle of fire I was talking about that I have in my chest is really strong. So I returned to what I've learned from Zen practice, what I've learned from a lot of, you know, from sashims and all-day sittings. And I just started to walk down the hallway slowly. Instead of, like, rushing from one place to the next, I decided I'm just going to walk down the hall. I I didn't do it quite in Kinheen style, but I walked slowly, and I felt each step of my foot. And just feeling like that earth pull down on me a little bit. Um, And I just let these feelings of fear and anxiety. And there was some anger at my administration um, for doing this um, and confusion um, and just like letting it sit there. And really, these things tend to pass through me like, you know, fairly quickly sometimes. But this was with me for a couple of days. And I just felt like, and of course I was sitting Zazen too, and just really trying to be open to this without any judgment um, and allowing them to stay. And then at some point it moved on. It was really, I, I wasn't thinking about it. I almost didn't notice it, but just being in my body and feeling it sort of passed, like when there's a storm that goes through and then all of a sudden it goes away. And I really I remember this poem, like the furniture was violently swept away for me, for sure. I was, it was swept away. Um, and really the this sense of joy came through. I, I still was worried. It was really interesting. I was still worried about the kids, about my family, about myself. I still have, but for some reason there was a different quality to it. I was relating to it in a different way. It's almost like this had to pass through me in order to be resolved or something. I, I kind of don't understand that part of it. But, um, and that, that brings me to the, the, this last part of the poem. Um, the dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Um, and I think I tried to do that. I, I don't know if I'm always successful with that every time, but just in inviting them in and saying, okay, I'm going to be here and in my body with you right now. Um, and then be grateful to whoever comes. Because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Um, this is the line I'm still not quite sure about. <laughs> um, a guide. Like, how are these powerful emotions guides? And from beyond, where? Where do they come from? Um, so maybe this is a, maybe a little bit more humorous uh, example. But um, I also noticed that uh, over the past couple of weeks and months, like waking up with a tune in my head. I don't know if that happens to you, like you work on, um, And so I had this one in my head um, for a while. And, and it was like, and you probably know the song. It's from The Gambler by Kenny Rogers. <laughs> um, and I had just this one part of the song in my head. I would wake up in the morning and I had this song in my head and it just kind of like, it just went in the background. Um, and you know what, I'm sure. You got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away and know when to run. So I just had this, these lyrics in my head going over and over again. And at one point I was like, what message is this trying to tell me? Someone's trying to tell me something. Some message is coming to me. This guide is coming to me. Um, and I realized that um, when I thought about these lyrics, this is really about this gambler who takes risks in life. You know, he's lived his life out on the road. He's, you know, he's talking about skillful means. He's talking, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta know when to hold him. You sometimes you need to fold. Sometimes you need to walk away and sometimes you need to run. And I was like, wow. So right now when in all of this hybrid and, you know, all these things going on right now, like, this is a time for me to think about how can I respond appropriately to the people around me? How can I use skillful means for myself? Maybe doing a little more yoga, you know, maybe being kind to myself, maybe um, taking a walk in the middle of the day. And how can I help be there to support the other people and respond to them appropriately as well? Um, So I think I also had Van Halen's jump in my head for a while too. And I don't know. I'm still figuring that one out. So, um, um, so these guides from beyond, um, really, really interesting. Um, and then this week I've been sort of thinking about this guest house as a place of refuge, um, when, when travelers back in the 12th century, um, and even today, but back in the 12th century, traveling was dangerous. There were, you could get murdered on the road. You might leave on a trip and never come back. Um, there, you know, if a storm came over, you could be in big trouble. Um, you might run out of food. And so a guest house is a place of refuge, a place where you can find safety, um, nourishment, and also company with other people. Um, and so this got me thinking of usually, you know, we think of in Buddhism, like refuge as the three jewels, you know, taking refuge in Buddha as the perfect teacher, Dharma as the perfect teaching, and the Sangha as our community um, that we practice with. Um, but I was thinking, how could, the, how could the guest house be a refuge? And as I was saying before, I realized really my Zen practice has become a refuge for me, and it is a guest house as well. Um, I think just sitting zazen is a guest house. There, this is where I learned to even notice that there were visitors. You know, in an open, non-judgmental way, that they, they could come and visit, and then go away. Like Taigen's uh, instruction, my, his first instructions to me on zazen is wat, watching things as clouds going through passing through, not trying to grab them, not trying to make them go away, just like watching the scenery pass by. Um, and I think of all the other things that I've done at Ancient Dragon that um, uh, that I consider that fall under this umbrella of, of uh, Zen practice. Um, I recently uh, stepped down as the Eno of Ancient Dragon and congratulations to Dylan, um, who is now the new Eno. And part of that reason is Really, what I'm talking about here with this whole my whole job situation, Um, I'm often on Zoom for six hours a day, you know, um, and then just trying to navigate all of this going on. I was not able to be present for this community in the way I I was when we were in person. So I asked Tagan to step down, and he and he thought that was a good idea too. Um, I I didn't think it was fair to the community that I was absent. So, um, but when in person, when I when we were in the temple, um, I was the Doan and then later the Eno. And all of the things that we do in Zen practice, uh, or, for example, that I would do as Eno or as Doan, like keeping the time, uh, ringing the bells, <clears throat> taking care of the altar, uh, trimming the candles, um, this all became a container, um, a guest house, really, to meet these difficult emotions. Because often... When you do these things, it might look like some. Well, it made it look like I was doing it very peacefully, but often there were things passing through me, especially in a sashin situation where I just had to, I just did my, my job and just let these things go through. Um, especially when I uh, made mistakes. <laughs> um, uh, one time, I forgot to light the charcoal in the morning, and so Taigen had to had to light it. And this was one of my first times being the doan in a Sashin. And I was horrified. I was, it was, I thought, oh, he's, uh, he's going to talk to me after this. I'm going to get fired from being the Doan. And then um, I'm never going to be asked to do this again. Um, you know, he's going to be upset with me. And I, I just like, and all, I just got to, but, what was really wonderful about the Sashin is that I got to watch all of this churning and all of this, all this just pass through me. It was difficult, but just watch it go through me. And I did talk to Tigan later and he was like, I'll just remember to light it next time. I was like, "What? Like really? <laughs> and, and it was just like such a gift to have that response as well of, um, you know, it was just this very human response between two people. And I think that's part of what the Zen practice is too. It's like, just like this communication between us. Um, Another time I was the Doan again, I made a lot of mistakes as Doan. Um, And it was the morning sitting and I was sitting there and all of a sudden a hand went like this across my face and it was Asian and what, and she was like, and I had the sitting hand gone 10 minutes over. (laughs) I was totally, I was not watching the clock. And this time I felt horrible for everyone else. Cause as, as if you know, like sometimes that first sitting can be kind of a long one, you know, it's like the first one and the last one are like the long ones, you know? And so again, like feeling horrible, but then also just like getting to sit with the feeling horrible, you know, the feeling of like, I let people down. Oh, that's, that's terrible for me. Like letting people down is like one of the worst things for me. Um, but I got to sit with that again, this get this, container of the guest house was able to allow, I was able to allow these visitors to come and then they went away. They, they passed through, they come back again, of course. Um, but what I think was been really an, Oh, and also what's really wonderful about these that I sort of alluded to is like all of these Zen practices are also, first of all, they're very ordinary. You know, it's not like some kind of big deal a lot of times, it's cleaning a toilet, or sweeping, or um, like cooking, uh, chopping vegetables, and things like that. Um, but these are all performed with our bodies, our bodies and minds together. Um, and this physical uh, practice—what I, I what I love about Zen practice is how physical it is, and how even though we might all be bowing like this in the zendo, or even in Zoom, together. Each one of us is bowing in our own very unique way. So it looks uniform, but it's also very personal, very individual, and will never happen this way ever again. <laughs> so... I, and I, I, I don't know, sometimes I, I don't like to use this word, but really, even though all of this is very ordinary and it's about our physical bodies, it's sacred, It becomes sacred when we do it this way. Um, I think I resist this idea of sacred because of, I think, in the West, you know, our bodies are kind of lower. You know, they're, um, like, they're full of these guests, really, that come. And um, it's, like, all of our blood and organs and, like, yeah, we should be getting to something higher, you know. And I think we translate that, I think, well, maybe I, I don't want to speak for anyone, but I think I translate that into, oh, well, I want to be enlightened or awakened or, you know, I want to wake up. And that's somewhere else, you know, somewhere in this future self where not in this body, not right now, you know, not with all this that's going on right now, it's somewhere else, you know. And I think what Zen practice for me keeps bringing me back to is not anywhere else. It's right here in this body right now. Um so where where do you take refuge um obviously this, this this I've been talking about how this uh guest house is I have a couple of guest house right my my Zen practice my my body um and so I started this morning I just wrote down on my way home from work after I got home from work where I take refuge in um In the morning, I take refuge in the trees I pass on my bike, tires humming on the pavement, branches reaching upward overhead, roots spreading unseen beneath me. I take refuge in the practice of all those who practiced before me, our ancestors, especially the countless people who diligently, or maybe not so diligently, practiced yet are unknown and forgotten. I take refuge in the clouds over Lake Michigan and waves reaching out in the sand. I take refuge in my school, where we support each other to make the best effort we can. And the the place where I most often encounter these visitors. Um, I take refuge in the people around me, my family, my friends. um, My sangha members and the people I'll never meet. Who grow my food, who fix the roads, who take, out my, who take out my garbage, who heal others, who count votes. And I take refuge in my body, in my bones, blood, muscle, heart, organs, the sacred guest house where all the visitors arrive, even if I'm not ready for them. So thank you very much for uh, listening to my talk. <laughs>
2: Uh, thank you, Matt, and thank you for doing such a good job as Eno for so many years, oh. <laughs> uh, and and continuing now on the board and all the other things you do. So, um, comments or questions or responses for Matt or comments responses about other about the. Guest house or other guest, house, guest houses <laughs> or refuges.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Sorry. I'm like shrouded in darkness. I don't mean to be, but um, thank you. Know, I just wanted to appreciate your talk. I really, I mean, there's so much about it that I relate to. And, um, and, I, you know, I feel working, I'm working sort of in the same or in the same ways that you are of uh, <laughs> trying not to, you know, these guests are going to come kind of regardless and, and trying not to rush them out. And, to, you know, and it made me think of like approaching the guests with kind of beginner's mind. <laughs> and so, you know, they might be anxious thoughts legitimately, et cetera, but to try to see them in multi-dimensions sort of and and see them anew over and over again so that and and not to label them or not to get kind of attached to the you know what I mean? Uh, And just kind of see them fresh. Um, So I appreciated that, you know, kind of uh, thinking about that as, you know, from, from your talk and stuff. So thank you.
1: Yeah, I think, I think there is a practice where you label things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think that can be helpful. But for me, I started to get caught in the labels <laughs> and started to, like you said, I wasn't seeing them fresh anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
3: Beginner's mind, though. Yeah, that's always a... I, yeah, go ahead. So I don't see your name there. Oh, Zoe. Oh, my
0: name's Zoe. Okay. Hi, you've never met before. Zoe. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have much to say. at First, I just wanted to say thank you, and I love that poem. Didn't realize that was Rumi, but I've heard that poem before. Mm. Um, and I love. I think about um, healing a lot and things like that, and um, I struggle very regularly with anxiety and that is something that I try to apply, um, Mm -hmm. every day and just to throw it out there, just with how complex, um, like just situationally and each person is different. Um, it's very, the one comment that I will make it, it is sitting with the thought, um, and being present with it. At least for me, it's very easy to run away with it. Um, And that's something that I always have to work on with being present, because when you're present, at least like I said, for me, it's hard to see. um, It's hard to understand the fact of the of the fact that it passes. Um, So I just wanted to make that kind of comment, because I think about I think about this practice a lot. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I think there's, there's times. And so I hope it didn't come across like that, that everything works out fine for me. I mean, it's like, it's
0: like
1: (laughs) constant, you know? And so um, uh, I think what's interesting for me is um, when I'm in the middle of like a thought like that, like what turns it around and I come back? like being lost in thought isn't, isn't necessarily a bad thing or being lost. I I don't know. I think sometimes you have to be, you have to go through that even if you're not aware of it. I I mean, I, I'm I'm just speaking for myself. Um, for a while there in, when I practiced Asin, I was really trying to control my thinking. I was really trying to be like, I'm not going to think, you know, like not, not actually even intentionally, not, not conscious. I was, it was like a, just a subtle thing that I was like, I'm going to sit here. Oh no, I'm thinking, Oh geez, this is, you know And so, um, Working with Teigen, it we talked about just like, what if I just thought everything I wanted, like just let it go, just let it all come. And what was interesting is I did come back. There was some kind of like cue or like, or like, and, and so it's interesting. What was interesting for me to notice is that um, you can get lost in this, but you can still come back. And somehow I was always trying to make myself come back. Like, it's like, I'm going to come back to my breath. I have to come back, I have to come back. It was like this sort of like, rigid but sort of like just like letting it like i'm going to put my body in this position in the posture and whatever happens happens whoever shows up shows up and it was kind of an interesting turn on that um i, I don't know if this is helpful or not but um yeah um
0: i have done a lot of like guided meditations in the past too especially early on in meditation and they will um a lot of you know apps and they're mm-hmm. cap- capitalized off of meditation, you know. Um, but they'll give the instruction to just kind of think, um, and mm-hmm. just kind of let go. And it's always that I might not be wording this in a very great way, but it's it's always the moment where I tend to like redeem myself because it's the moment when mm-hmm. when you're given that much freedom, it mm-hmm. you like take it, take it in for yourself.
2: Mm-hmm
0: to like take charge of the situation and not, not in a forceful way, but um, I'm just, uh, that's just a long agreement with what Mm -hmm. you said. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the article by Zenju Earthland Emmanuel, she actually does her, the article is really about thinking about, uh, about her relationship with thinking and like how she thought it was a bad thing. And like, you know, and so um, that might be something to check out too, because she has a lot of good things to say
0: in that. Can you send me um, her full name in the chat? Sure.
1: Yeah.
2: So any other comments or responses? Uh, I'll just say that I, I thought it was a very useful, practical, uh, helpful talk about kind of some of the nitty-gritty of what goes on mm-hmm. in practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, any any other comments or responses?
1: Yeah, yeah Mike, yeah. Uh, thank
4: you for your talk. It was really, definitely resonated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think late, like lately for me, I um especially um so we we both work at home from home and you know because of the pandemic obviously we're not really going out much except for essential things so um uh someone who also suffers from anxiety it's it's really hard for me to um not like feel like um being kind of closed in by like all those thoughts that, that keep happening. So it was, it was, I'm very grateful to um, kind of hear everyone talking about things that I've experienced in Zazen, which is this kind of endless stream. And that, um, you know, we talk about, you know, letting thoughts pass like clouds. And for me, it's, it's often hard because to be present, then I think that um, it's, um, I latch on to everything so much. I'm like, Oh, I have to think about this. Oh, this is the, and it's uh, but yeah, um, I definitely resonate with what you said, Matt, where it, it does, at some point it comes back and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm here again. I landed again, um, after being whisked up and all this, uh, the Whirlwind. Um, and I don't know what it is. Um, sometimes I do try to, um, force it or control it, which, which can help, but then, it, it, um, uh, sometimes, uh, uh, yeah uh it's i just kind of let things go and, and and it does happen it's like kind of trusting the process which is scary mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. <laughs> um anyway so um but yeah um thank you for sharing the poem it, it was um i never heard it before but i um i bought a book of Rumi's poems uh about a year ago i think or something um and i haven't read it yet so you've mm-hmm. given me a nice nudge to, mm-hmm. to open that book again um and i i too also uh really enjoy uh, van halen's jump as a a a tune that's often in my head a lot and it's a a tune that brings Mm me more joy than Mm -hmm. i can
1: communicate right now so thank you yeah yeah there's some lines in that song that i never really heard before but for some reason in my head like you gotta roll with the punches to see to get to what's real yeah that's yeah um i I thought i I mean i listened to that when i was a teenager you know i did not pick up on you know just this idea of jumping, you know, just go ahead and jump, you know, I don't, um, jump off that hundred foot pole, you know, um <laughs> uh, yeah I, I and just in general, I think it's interesting these I, I never really pay attention to the act, I just thought, oh, these are just like songs that I wake up with, but like now I'm starting to like be like, okay, what what is this song trying to tell me here, like <laughs> this random eighties song you know that yeah. Anyway, I don't know if that happens to anyone else, but.
2: <laughs> Any other uh, last comments before we close for the
1: evening? I, I have a question for you, actually, like, Tigan or anyone else. Sure. Like, this, um, they, they've they been sent as a guide from beyond. What's this from beyond, do you think? Um. Had some ideas, but I
2: didn't. Beyond doesn't have to be some special, mm. you know, supernatural or holy place. It's just um, well, actually, there's a line in a in a um, verse in the one of the one of the cases I like in the Book of Serenity. Um, similar idea: from outside creation, a guest shows up. Mm. You made me think that. That I thought of that. Uh, so yeah, things things show up. Uh, Paul, yeah. Paul, just
3: I, I think we I think we chanted it in our chant this this before. <laughs> it's all our
1: ancient twisted karma. Hmm. It mean it's, it's not karma. Is not necessarily bad. It's all. It's everything that's gone before us, and everything that's, that's come after us hmm. is collected in our in our. In our in our inner wisdom, and there's there to to help us, but but you know the gamblers the gamblers <laughs> uh, uh, the trouble of the gamblers he wants to win, mm-hmm. but we should gamble to lose as well as win. Once, uh-huh. once we're hung up on winning, we're there we're mm-hmm. the suffering. So <laughs> if you fold them or you hold them, it doesn't matter. Just just do it with grateful with a grateful heart.
2: Yeah. <laughs> And Matt, I have yeah. that thing where I have um <laughs> song lyrics that turn up uh in my head and and uh it's, maybe sometimes it takes a while to realize oh yeah, there's this song that's going through my head, what's that about and yeah. sometimes it, you know i okay, it's just there um so they're sort of like dreams, but uh mm-hmm. yeah they're in some ways I trust them that's mm-hmm. something that's uh, it's like, it's not exactly from outside creation, but it's yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, it's
1: a message. Yeah, that word trust, that, that's like that phrase that I, I'm, I learned at first at uh, Hokyoji with Clouds and Water Session, and they talked about trust emergence. And I think that's interesting, like just whatever is arising, just trust that it's, it's supposed to be there or something. I, yeah. Good.
2: All right. Anybody else anything? So Wade, let's do let's close with the four bodhisattva.
5: I can uh stick those up on the screen
3: real quick for anyone that may want them. Beings are
5: numberless, I vow to free them, delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to realize it. Beings are numberless. I vow to free them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to realize it. Beings are numberless. I vow to free them, delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them, dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them, Buddha's
3: way is unsurpassable. I vow to realize it.